0: Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. Today, it's a dream day for me. It's been a long time coming, and Voskamp is joining us on the show for episode 394.
1: So there's always this sense of, if I'm doing a good job, you should be able to see this when you walk through the door, but if my priorities are on things I'm seeing, I am not focused on temporal things. I'm focused on eternal things, and I'm focused on relational things, which you are not going
0: to be able to see that when you come in the front door. So I need to shift my perspective all the time. I probably would make the assumption that y'all know who Anne Voskamp is, but if not, let me be the one to introduce you. Anne is a mom to seven. She is married to a farmer in Canada, and she's the author of So many New York Times bestsellers. Her first being 1000 Gifts, which is the quintessential book on gratitude. Super, super helpful in my own faith journey. And I think in this episode, I called it 10,000 Gifts because more gifts, better. Uh, She's written several other books and she has a new one coming out, a children's book that we are going to base a lot of this conversation on, but really, truly, Moms, this is your Ann Voskian pep talk on what matters and what doesn't matter and focusing in on that. Before we get to it, a little business chat. Okay, so last week, amazing interview came out with Alisa Keaton on body shame. Small problem, I uploaded the wrong file to iTunes. If you got to it and you were like, oh, it's only 11 minutes long, not your fault. That's my bad. Uh, if you're a subscriber, it may still show up 11 minutes, even though the new file is now there. You can go listen to it on other places, uh, Spotify, Google, my website, and the whole 54 minute interview is there. And you don't want to miss it. It's really fantastic, and I don't, I just really don't even understand how I grabbed the wrong file because I, I I just can't I can't describe how upsetting that is that you would miss this conversation with Lisa because it was foundational to my own next layer of freedom spiritually and through my own body shame. So uh, go listen to that if you haven't. And also I was trying to let people know that that happened and I realized how hard it is to communicate with y'all who listen to the show. I posted it on Instagram. I did it in stories and in a post and I sent it on email. And so if you aren't getting my emails every week, this would be a great time to make that choice, go to Olaheather.com. Ola with an H like Heather. You can sign up and I send them out every Tuesday and it'll just be like, what's going on and anything I need to tell you about, including tickets to a live event that's happening in McKinney, Texas that I don't want you to miss out on with me and Candice Cameron Bray and Tara Lee Cobble on February 16th. So make sure you're signed up, holaheather.com. All right, I think that's all the business. I cannot wait to share this with you let's get right to it here we go and Mm. it is just i don't even know i i was talking today at my boys school and i was like i have an interview today with a gal i've been wanting to interview for nine years and this other boy across the room goes what you've been wanting to talk to her for (laughs) nine years i was like ever since i started the podcast i mean we've known each other longer but this is a dream day. Yeah, because yeah, I think we've known
1: each other. We were, were trying to process that through. I think it's like at least a decade, maybe
0: closer to like a whole dozen years. A whole dozen. A whole dozen. <laughs> well, it is a gift. Thank you so oh. much for joining me. And oh. I, even as you said, as we can, just got on, I, I don't know if the editor will cut it off, but you said the Lord go before us. Yes. That was something you spoke. I remember I had never read that oh. piece of scripture. I've been in church my whole life. But you spoke that to me once in an encounter and it was hugely helpful and something I like held on to. I just think you've impacted so many people with your words and your journey of faith in the midst of suffering. It's not like it's been easy, breezy, beautiful. And that's why we connect with you.
1: But I think I know that I know that I know that I know. Once we've experienced God, we know that every valley that we walk through, it's the valley of his cupped hands. He's actually Mm. carrying us through the valleys. And um, he actually, his presence in the midst of suffering, in the midst of hard times, which honestly, Heather, every single person is fighting their own hard battle. There is nobody. It is fake news that anyone gets through life Without experiencing a hard road, and I think when we we know that suffering isn't because you've necessarily done something wrong, but that this is a broken world and we are all on hard journeys and our, that break our hearts, and that um that our Abba Father's presence becomes sweeter
0: as more of this world is stripped away and He becomes our greatest treasure. And I know, like you're heading in as. I'm thinking about this Christmas being mm. on your first mm. without your yeah. earthly father and how much more. I know personally when I lost my father, that relationship with my heavenly father did shift. And I have you felt that to be true for you? Oh, yes. And I think
1: as we lose people here that we love and really all of our stories in all kinds of ways, our stories of loss, we are all Losing hopes and dreams, what we imagined the future would look like, and as we process loss, we realize like, where's my rock that I will never lose? And realizing that um, that in Christ, I am always soul safe. So coming into a Christmas where you realize, oh, my father's not coming back, the finality of that makes you also ache and yearn for. Eternity, um, the story that it goes on forever and ever that go, has no end. And I think it's sometimes we just, it's to pause and realize this is our father's world. And everything in this world is actually very temporal. And I have my priorities on things unseen. And I think as <laughs> as a mama, to um, we have seven children that run in ages from twenty seven now, um down to eight years old, that's that really has been bedrock for me Heather, over and over and over again in the midst of laundry and dishes and meals. <laughs> and um homeschooling was was my priorities on things unseen. And I think sometimes the temptation is to think, well, there's just this world and there's just the things I'm producing and performing and do that I can see with my own hands. Um, and in the midst of our losses, if we can't actually hold on to something, it doesn't exist. But I think, can I shift my priority always to my priority on things unseen in my family in my relationship with my kids and in my walk with the Lord that the things in this world can look a lot different than I'd hoped and dreamed and prayed they would be and trust that, um, the true priorities are things that, um, that are gifts from his hand that can never be taken away from me.
0: And that promise of eternal life yes, is the hope that we have when we lose in here. The things
1: of this world yes. and the, the true gifts, the gifts that will remain are the things that I cannot lose here. The riches of Christ, promise of um, an eternity in his presence that is utterly and completely fulfilling,
0: those things I can never lose. Yeah. You mentioned focusing on the unseen in the midst yes. of chaos and seven <laughs> kids. And now, you know, you have a daughter-in-law and, yes. you know, all of the yes. things. Yes, The family grows. It doesn't, you know, it, it's oh, more at the table. I actually said to my
1: husband on
0: Sunday, I said, goodness,
1: I didn't realize that... Your home actually kind of needs to be an accordion. That as kids leave, it kind of contracts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then they they come home on Sundays or birthdays or holidays, or the the, the the house actually needs to grow far larger than it ever was because they bring home their spouses and their significant others. So that that we have lots of we have lots of young boys courting right now. So okay, they are dating with plans. Um okay. so yes, so actually the table needs to grow longer and the house gets, so it it is a really interesting, yeah, the chaos comes and goes even as they grow older. (laughs) Yeah, it's not
0: just those little years where we all started and we were writing about that and how do you stay centered, but I did have listeners ask me, ask Anne, how does, what habits, what rituals, what Spiritual practices have helped you keep eyes on the unseen in the midst of the chaos. Because I know personally, like right now, right this second, I know I'm not centered. (laughs) When little things like set me off, I know I've not spent time, I've not made it a priority, I've not been in the habit. So what are your habits?
1: And I think I think for moms of kids of littles, and even as they move into teenage years and even as they become adults. We can get caught up in, do people see what I've been doing all day? Do they see all of the things? (laughs) So that means that uh, then I have this measure of success. My priority is on what can be seen. My priority becomes, does my house look perfect? Do my kids look, quote unquote, perfect to the outside community? When my priorities are on things seen, then I, I can become enslaved to the idol of performance all of the time. But when my priority is on things unseen and the unseen things are the eternal things, so my house might look like a mess, Um, which (laughs) there are more days than not that it does. Sometimes I just want to say, do you realize, guys, that the dishwasher opens and we can actually put these things into the
0: dishwasher? Um And we wouldn't believe this of you though. We wouldn't think, <laughs> oh, we, would think we think of the goodness. line from 10,000 gifts where it's like the bubbles in the sink that you're ah, like loving do- that but- <laughs> you're loving doing dishes and that you wouldn't get frustrated. Oh and that,
1: my goodness. Sometimes, you know, the dishwasher. <laughs> because even though even though we're down to now, um there's only I say only there's three kids who live at home full time, but, um, we have, um, one of our sons works here full time. So even though he lives with his other brother, about five to 10 minutes away, um, and then the, two of the boys are coming and going, we see them pretty much on a very regular basis. So there's, and it's funny they come in and say hi, and everybody goes to the fridge. For Maybe first. this is a boy
0: mom thing. Oh, this is a boy mom thing. Just have food. Oh, food, food, about food, the food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: all of this stuff, can I, Can we get stuff to the dishwasher? So there's always this sense of if I'm doing a good job, you should be yeah. able to see this when you walk through the door. But if my priorities are on things I'm seeing, I am not focused on temporal things. I'm focused on eternal things. And I'm focused on relational things, mm. which you aren't going to be able to see that when you come in the front door. So I need to shift my perspective all the time too. That starts with in the mornings. And it and that will look different in different seasons, whether when you've got little babies or you you're in that those toddler years to teen years, which sometimes in those teen years, goodness sakes, kids come home at after youth group are being out and they really want to process all kinds of things. So you can you can be as sleep deprived as a mom of a teenager okay. <laughs> as you right. are with the little ones. Um, I mean, really like their physical needs are so intense when they're little, but their emotional needs as they grow older actually like increase exponentially in ways I didn't really anticipate. Um Howard your relational priorities begin with what does my relational priorities look like and I, d- I never like the word quiet time because it doesn't necessarily look like quiet time my encounter with the lord and yeah. sometimes th- in different seasons i did that with kids all around me i'm in a season now that i can it'll be it literally is that encounter with the lord is really quiet because it's early in the morning and i don't have kids but i always when i had littles so we had um six kids 10 and under um When we had all of the little suckles together, I really wanted them to see what does it look like to have a one-piece life where we don't just compartmentalize our time with the Lord into a box over here, but they were be coloring all around me or doing Legos all around me, and I was reading scripture with everybody all around me. So I think priorities unseen starts with I might get up in the morning, and the first thing is not how do I get ahead on my to-do list? My first thing is how do i move closer to the lord now with older kids actually depending on time i get up um i can either have my quiet time before the kids get up like this morning or but usually by 6 30 um my husband gathers everybody for prayer so before work starts in the we live on our farm so before anyone goes to the barn and does chores before anyone um in the middle of exams right now our 17 year old so before she works on exams um We start with prayer in the morning and it's always this lingering time. And again, that's priorities unseen. So I think those two things, and I think as a mom, and I think I unpacked that in my last book, Waymaker. Um, As a mom, if you have any kind of margin at all to journal Mm. in any way, and whether that's carrying a journal in your purse when you're doing carpool and you've got a minute here or any time that you're waiting, I think when we we need to excavate what's happening in our own soul because I think sometimes as, as moms we are moving so fast and juggling so many balls that we sometimes at least in my own life, we can lose track of where our own soul is in relation to where Jesus is and we need journaling is a, a way to go ahead and say, where am I? If I have a relationship with Jesus, that means I have to know where my soul is in relation to Him. And journaling can be a way to say, "Oh, what are what do I want? Mm. What are my desires?" It can be a way to go ahead and say, "Like, how am I living cruciform in this moment?" It's a way to excavate your soul and to like a compass to kind of orient yourself back to center again. So, I think for me, those have been big practices for me: is that prayer time first thing in the morning, a time with Lord, and I'm not. Oftentimes, Heather, that's like 10 verses. Like, I don't go ahead and say I'm going to read three chapters. I really try to just stick with 10 verses, a section, and most it'll be a chapter, journal a bit, and then I always have my, um, my, I, I am still every day writing down 10, 15, 20 things that I am grateful for because I really do believe that joy is a function of gratitude, and gratitude is a function of perspective. And there is always, always, always something to be grateful for. If I can shift my perspective where I'm grateful, then joy is always, always, always possible. So, and there's sometimes, I think that looks like in the morning, writing down all the things. And there have been so many times because I think as kids move into their tween years and their teen years and as adults, they're facing so many heartbreaking situations that as a mom, You just want to gather them up and you can't fix those things. Um, So lots of mornings is giving thanks for really hard things, stories that I wish I could change desperately. But When I go ahead and I give thanks in the middle of the story, I am saying to God, I trust that you are redeeming all of this story. So I think that practice of gratitude and it also models to our kids, how do we practice gratitude? Because that gratitude is going to undermine that idol of entitlement that slips in all of the time. So those are some of my practices that try to keep me on center here.
0: (laughs) No, I am taking it all in and I am even reminding myself, like I need to get back to my gratitude list because it is not my natural bent. I am, I am, 100%. I am a what is missing, what Always. is missing, what is wrong, Always. what am I missing out on? I'm the four on the Enneagram, yep. I'm the like, finding the problem. A hundred percent. I know we all have various goals for the new year. Maybe maybe you're not a goal person. For me, I've always had the goal to stay hydrated. I wanna drink a lot of water. And one thing that has helped me do that so far in January is Liquid IV, our sponsor. And what makes it so great? I take my Stanley Cup, which is 40 ounces, and I put the little fun ice in it, fill it with water and drop in the Liquid IV. It's like powder, but it comes in a super convenient packaging. It's real small. I can even throw them in my purse. I was traveling. I took it with me and I am loving, I tried the pina colada flavor. Y'all, it's like you're on the beach, but it's winter. I'm telling you, it was really yummy. Strawberries, super good. Tropical punch, really delicious. And what I've been loving is that not only does it hydrate me two times faster than just water alone, I'm getting B3, B5, B6, B12, which I really need and vitamin C. I have not gotten sick this winter, knock on wood. So far, it also has three times the electrolytes of a traditional sports drink with premium ingredients. So it's non-GMO, free from gluten, dairy, and soy. And I love that Liquid IV is also changing the world with donating over 25 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. Y'all need to check it out. Grab your liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use that code DMA at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration Today using promo code DMA at liquidiv.com.
1: And I really, I my default is not gratitude. My Default is performance and perfectionism. And when you're dealing with those two idols all the time, you're constantly looking at what is missing Mm -hmm. that I need. And but that that constant practice of gratitude, not only does it keep reorienting me to the giver of all things who is making everything into a gift, that practice of gratitude also is a stress intervention all of the time. It's impossible to be giving thanks and to be feeling fearful or dressful. So for me to go, I mean, the kids will even hear me doing it during the day. Okay, what am I grateful for? <laughs> because, because my mind can start to ruminate on all of the things mm. that aren't right. And um, tucking um, our youngest Shiloh into bed every night and saying, okay, what are we grateful for today? And just to go ahead and constantly make that the posture of our lives because, um, because God never stops being good. So I never want to stop being grateful.
0: It's really good. And I think even this message that you're putting out for kids about your Brave Song, to me, is another way to say, let's look at perspective first. So these words shape how we see. The circumstances don't change. Exactly. Who we are going in and whose we are. And that knowledge and that perspective changes our experience in the circumstances.
1: That's exactly it, Heather. It's back. It goes back to words again. Your Brave Song is really about um, giving our children tools to be resilient in a hard world. Because in our heart and in our minds, there is a soundtrack playing all of the time with words about and the enemy of our souls. He is a constant prosecutor. He is constantly coming in with a narrative, a script that you're not good enough, that you don't belong, that there's not a place for you at the table. And we need, how do we equip our kids to walk into situations where, I mean, honestly, regardless of our age, we have to be brave every single day. (laughs) I had a conversation with my mother, this was probably about three or four weeks ago. My mom's in her seventies. And she said, you know what? Sometimes I'm just so tired of being brave. And I just, we all need our own brave song. So as a a parent sitting down and reading your brave song to a child, it's not only just equipping the child, it's reminding us of when I walk into spaces where A, I don't know the way through, B, I don't feel like I belong at this table at all. See, I, I feel, not only do I feel a little bit lost in my life, I mean, we're constantly trying to figure out which is the next step, what is the way forward, we also feel really isolated and lonely. And that narrative can get really loud in our heads, that everybody else is connected to each other, and I'm not. Um, So do we have a different song? A different set of words, another refrain in our brain that reverber- reverberates loud in our our souls, the chambers of our hearts that says, no, this is who you are in Christ. You are seen and you are known and you are loved. So the refrain over and over again in this book, your brave song, Shiloh and I sing it to each other. Jesus loves you, makes you strong in him. You're brave and you belong. And you're right, Heather, the circumstances. The topography of our lives may not change, but we reorient again to, wait, who am I in Christ? I am soul safe in him. I belong in him. And when we have that kind of song playing in our mind, that soundtrack, not only do we have resilience as we move through the world, us and our children, we also start to build a bigger table to invite more people in to say, this is who Jesus loves you, loves you enough to spread open his arms wide on that cross and die for you. Jesus loves you. So you belong. You're safe in him. And that's the kind of children we want to raise or kids that not only know this for ourselves, but then can also go out into the world and share. This is who we are in
0: Christ. The warm invitation.
1: The, yes.
0: The gathering with instead of this is what I'm against. This is what I'm for. I'm for Christ. Yes. I'm for love. And I'm for, yes. you know, connection and relationship uh, and belonging. I mean, exactly. That's so beautiful. I, I flipped through it because I don't have a little girl to read it to, but I told my 10 <laughs> year old when he saw it sitting there, I said, Oh, I'll read it to you. Tonight, so I'm gonna read it tonight. I haven't gotten to read it to him yet, but I just awesome. read it fun, for myself Heather. and Yeah. FYI, everyone listening. We already talked about this, but the texture, the texture, <laughs> which you said was a surprise to you, is so fun. Yes. If you have a little girl, I'm yes. guessing, even my son, he was feeling it. It's all on the front, and apparently it's glow in the dark. We're we're too. It's, yeah, we're too gonna too che- check that I mean, out. We're gonna check that out. So yes, it's all glitterly, it's glittery. Gorgeous. Your brave
1: song. And I I guess really. What are we preaching back to ourselves that quashes the lies that are hissed at us all of the time? Yeah. And, I'm, and I think right now, especially coming out of the last couple of years, our kids are facing so many challenges about identity, about feeling profoundly isolated. They're facing all kinds of challenges, like mental health crisis, CDC is saying like we're at a, a national state of emergency. And to think about that kids between the ages of 10 and 14, the second cause, leading cause of death is suicide, which is not only mind reeling, but absolutely heartbreaking. So how are we going to ground our children to know who they are in Christ, where that when they face difficult challenges? They can be in a space to say, no, no. I know that I am seen and known and loved. These are This is a message that we need to get into our children at an early age because they're being bombarded by screens and by culture and by a lot of hurting, aching places that can lead them into places where, um, where, yeah, the enemy of their soul can get really, really loud. Yeah.
0: I don't know about you. Maybe because you're homeschooled, your kids and maybe I don't know what your rules are around technology, but it feels like personally, like I did all this work and putting in the messages <laughs> and getting that tape playing the right yes. messages. Yes. And then like you said that whenever they get introduced to the screens, it feels like this <laughs> sucking away. And, and while I don't feel like they're completely pulled there mm. is i mean it can feel like this tiny whisper in the corner is like remember the <laughs> truth it's <And laughs> loud blaring voice of
1: and really when they when they look at where did this national healthcare crisis come for young people it coincides with the introduction of of screens and phones right there in our hands and the more screen time as that exponentially grows higher mental health, they know for young people, it's paired with actually decreasing. So, so how do we go ahead and create spaces in our homes where there is a message that is louder than the messages that are happening on screens? And I think that is a challenge for every single parent out there. And I think your Brave Song really is about, not about helicopter parenting or about tiger parenting, but I believe in every fiber of my being." And that's what this book is about is how do we be signpost parents mm. where everything in our life, we are a signpost that is pointing to Christ. Mm. So that um, whether that's we are really transparent and vulnerable in our own um, brokenness and our own sinfulness and how we get things wrong, because as parents, it's not that we're not going to get things wrong. It's what we do with it afterwards. And that we come to our kids and we said that we show them the robustness and the necessity of the gospel for us as parents. How do we go ahead and make everything in our day about being a signpost to the all-sufficiency and the all-preciousness of Jesus Christ and the gospel? It truly is good news in a crazy news world.
0: It's so great when you find a winning combination of cosmetics that not only is good for the planet, good for your face, good for your skin, but also works. And I have found that with Thrive Cosmetics and COS is in the name, C-A-U-S-E, because they also support organizations that help communities thrive. And so some of the products I've loved, I've shared with you before, but I will do it again, is the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. What is fantastic is it is a tubing mascara, the first vegan one. It has over 20,000 five-star reviews. But what I love is it kind of creates a tube around each of your lash from the root to the tip. And so not only does it stay on all day without smudging or flaking, but it's also really easy to get off. It just slides right off my lash with warm water and a washcloth. I don't even need to use soap on my eyes and I'm not tugging and pulling. They also have a fantastic eye brightener, which is a cream-to-powder highlighter stick that I use in the corners of my um, eyelids, and it helps kind of just open my eyes and give me a lift because I'm needing that. <laughs> mom, busy mom, maybe you too. It's super easy. I am not this makeup influencer person, but for me, it works. It looks great. You need to check them out because they, when you do, when you buy through Thrive Cosmetics, you are helping donate to communities. They have over 300 giving partners with their bigger than beauty mission. And so now is the time to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself. You can get 15% off your order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com forward slash DMA. That's Thrive Cosmetics, dot com slash DMA for 15% off your first order. And even if they get the pull, and even if they have years of wandering, to trust that 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 pull is enough, that it isn't it isn't wasted. And tell us, no, way. it's not
1: wasted. <laughs> okay. And you know what? Um, a couple of things because our like we have, wow, it's really hard for like we've known each other Heather, since I had all like little kids, Babies. On, Like below my exactly, <laughs> um, little knee huggers, um, because now. I have only two of our seven are under the age of twenty, so I have like five in their twenties, um, and that's and it's a different story for each one of our children. And I think it's really important we go ahead as parents, and it is it's our vocational calling as parents to go ahead and give our children. Everything, all the grace that has been given to us, we pass on. All that legacy of faith that the ch- we've been given, we pass that on to our children. And then our children go out into the world and they live their own stories. And we can't go ahead. And our, our, our worth as believers and as parents isn't based on our children's stories. Every single one of us as adults and our children now as adults get to go ahead and live their own story. What we get to give our children from the time they are born till their very last breath or our last breath is withness and witness, which is what, what God gave each of us. Mm-hmm. And he says, I will be with you. And Hagar, he's, he's, he's the God who sees me. Are we, are we going to say, I am with you, child, in your corner, and I see you, regardless of what your story looks like? And I think as a parent, then we live into the tension of a gospel story with each and every one of our children, which means we are going to feel the tension of a hundred percent truth, all of the time that I'm holding on to Christ and reaching over to you, holding on to you unconditional love and grace, all of the time too. And it's not one or the other; it is both. And you're going to feel that tension, but that's li- living into the tension of a gospel story, a cruciform story for our children. And I believe, with every fiber of my being, that what we live into a cruciform story with our children. The Holy Spirit never stops whispering to them and calling them home, never. And i i don't, I don't believe that in the raising of our children. I mean, look at our Father is the perfect Father, and he had wayward children. <laughs> and, and, me one, That's right? One. Yeah. And and yet we want immediate obedience from our children. But I don't have immediate obedience with my own father my own Abba Father, yet He continues to pursue me yes. and redeem me and sanctify me and make me more like Jesus. And that's a journey and a process for me, and it's a journey and a process for our children. So I, I really do believe that as we stay in the way of Jesus, as we have a way of life, that keeps us in company with Jesus moment by moment, we become signpost parents that as our children step out into the world and the world has all kinds of megaphones that are directing this way and that way and there are vortexes, That as our lives continue to be signposts, Mm -hmm. that doesn't panic and say, no, you're not allowed to do that. No, I'm going to be a signpost pointing to Jesus and trusting the Holy Spirit working in you. The way is the way is the way, and the way will come all the whole long way for each of his wayward children. He's came for us, he will come for our children as they have to
0: navigate their way through life and call them back to himself. Heather, it sounds like another, like it does go back to your brave song as far as it's brave parenting. It's it is brave parenting. parenting to trust that you are in Christ, that you have belonging there, and not in. Perfectly behaved in performing children. Again, the perfection performing for them. That your worth and value, like you said, is secure. And it's secure. Christ, yeah. And can, can
1: I keep? Can I keep going back? It, for me, Heather, it's the it's the last page of your brave. Well, actually, two last pages here, <laughs> and and all the world and the words. Those words, Jesus loves you, makes you strong in Him. You're brave, and you belong. And those words ring all through the world like a heavenly song, that is from far beyond this world, the song that is the very heartbeat of love Himself. It's always His perfect love for you, which goes endlessly on and on, which fills your heart with the very bravest song. And then, as you turn to the last page, it's got a little frame there for you to. It says, glue your child's photo here. And then underneath, it's this verse right here. The Lord your God is always with you. He celebrates and sings. Ah, I can never say it out without crying. He celebrates and sings because, I, like, because, oh my goodness, because of you. And he will refresh your life with his love. Zephaniah. 317 in the CEV it's going back to love is not um (laughs) love is not some fuzzy feeling he says that he is love and he gets to decide what love is love isn't that we agree with someone love is that we sacrifice for someone love is is cruciform and that love doesn't leave us where we are that love is always coming to us to gather us up and loves us enough to change who we are, to become more like love himself. And I think, um, if we can go ahead and so much of what we are doing, the motivations of our own hearts as parents and as kids is driving us in directions where we're looking for belonging, where we're looking for acceptance, the things that we are looking for knownness when we know, that Jesus knows me all the way to the very bottom and loves me up to the sky. When we know we are soul safe in his love, we're not driven in other directions. And that changes our motivations. It changes how we navigate in the world. It changes our sense of being a non-anxious presence in the world. Mm -hmm. I come back to lots of times in my own parenting, if I could change anything, Heather, and we've talked about this with the kids, so much of our parenting, when we we are bowing down to those idols of perfectionism and performanceism and what everyone else thinks, we can be um, our parenting can become shame driven. And and now going back and saying, "Oh, if I could do anything over again, I would want my parenting to be the signpost that points to unconditional, unwavering love." That doesn't leave me where I am, that's going to change me and sanctify me and make me more like love himself. Because when we are, when we know that we are totally loved, all of those other idols fall away because we are loved by a greater love. Um, So I don't, I really truly believe with now kids in my, in their 20s, if I could go back and really be more rooted. In the the unconditional, unwavering, unrelenting love of the good shepherd who pursues us and carries us all the way through. His love will change us in a way that shame and fear never can.
0: And for the person who's in a hard space, like I don't know about you, but I I have felt that love in an even greater expanse when I'm grieving or when I'm helpless and hopeless, like yes, blaming (laughs) blaming God for the hard was never a good answer for me. It was like, no, 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 no. He loves us. This hard Mm. thing happened. It doesn't mean he doesn't love us. Like when people say, how could a loving God allow? How could a loving God? And it's like, I've I've found actually his loving presence to be my only comfort in the midst of the thing that was quote unquote allowed. So what do you think about that? Yeah. And
1: I think, I think to really, when people say, well, how does a loving God allow that to really understand that (laughs) this is a world made up of more than atoms. This is a world made up of ways a million billion trillion ways and we don't know how the way of this story connects with the way of that story which connects with the way of this story which the ways can so i can look at god and say well a loving god would never allow this no no in a world of a million billion trillion ways the only one who can navigate and orchestrate and understand all the ways of all the stories is the one who says he is the way Mm -hmm. so i may look at this and say well loving god would never allow my father to be killed in the same way that my sister What kind of a loving God would do? I am not God. And I don't know how the ways of all the stories connect with the ways of all the other stories. And I, my journey has taken me anywhere, Heather. It has taken me deeper into that not only is he a good father, he is a loving, kind father. Mm -hmm. And his loving kindness will take all of the hard things in my life and he ultimately will redeem every single one of them and make them into a good gift. I can continue to sing a brave song. Jesus loves me, makes me strong in him. These are not things I have to yeah. muster up by myself. No. No mustering. In him. Yeah. No mustering. In him, I'm brave and I belong. That hushes all the, the hurry and the worry and the anxiety that I can rest In a loving kindness that will never let me go.
0: Mm. Is um anyone, Ellie, or anybody gonna make this an actual song?
1: Oh my goodness, how do you know these things, Heather? Did I just
0: come? Did I manifest (laughs) something? I I
1: wonder I wonder if you were prophetic. Uh, Um actually, uh actually we have been working on a song, Ellie Holcomb Christa Wells. And I, who were kind of the same people who all worked on Red Sea Rose together. And Ellie and I wrote a song, um, a woman that was nominated for a double award um that she "Oh my gosh. We've actually been working on a song um, that That's that so goes exciting. along with your brave song. Yeah, get, actually the refrain that she was working on. She's really happy to hear her little son River running through the house, singing it over and oh over gosh, and over goosebumps again. So the goosebumps. yeah, the, these are th- the, we want our kids to have a soundtrack
0: mm-hmm. that can go
1: ahead and um, they can go ahead and take them that are real tracks through a hard world that gives them real resiliency to be brave, to know that they belong, that because this is a world that, you know what, is trying to detach us in a million ways from the
0: everlasting love of God. Yeah. Okay, before we have to go, because I know we have to go, I also know this adorable girl in this picture, you didn't know they were going to do this, but they've <laughs> drawn her, not they, um, Amy, drew her to look like Shiloh, hey. your youngest, who is yes. adopted into your beautiful family. yes. And yes. she has a medical condition. And so I was curious in the last few minutes we have to the mom out there who is walking a similar road, has a child that it's, you know, you do have to be brave. Every waiting moment, every unknown, moment, every yes. procedure, a test. Exactly. Like, exactly. How do you exactly. be great? Yeah, exactly.
1: So much of this came out of like, what tool do I give my eight-year-old who is profoundly shy? who is working on attachment to her, her mama and her papa, who has all kinds of medical trauma. Um, and actually this coming week, um, we go back to the hospital for a, a six hour. So, so there's, she needs a story. She needs a song to sing in her own heart and mind. It gives her courage that transcends any situation. So for the mama who feels like a, Oh dear, I've got a child, a child who's being bullied at school, a child who is facing kinds of, um, who may not look like everybody else, um, is differently abled, who is struggling with all kinds of medical challenges, a child who needs a brave song to echo in her heart. This is really where this this book came. And for Shiloh, as she prepares to, to head into, we've got three days um, uh, in the big city with medical appointments and then this this heart procedure to work on, shiloh's brave heart um this is the song that she's actually carrying with her so it's not a not something that i hoped would give her resiliency i actually can see her picking it up and it becomes like a um a shorthand phrase uh, our own phraseology for remember who you are in christ is like remember what's your brave song and then we can sing it together as she steps into the difficult
0: places and does it comfort you? Because that's for her. So then you're like, because you're like in the waiting room for the six I'm hours in the or wait- whatever. I am. But you know what? I can,
1: I'm, there's a part of me that is always the afraid child that has to run back to my Abba Father and sing a song back to myself again. And what do we do when we, I mean, Jesus, I mean, the book comes out of Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And now, second verse, Jesus loves me, makes me strong in him. I'm brave and I belong. We go back to the fundamentals Mm -hmm. when we're facing truly monumental challenges. And this is a a fundamental song to lead us through those
0: kind of challenges. Well, it's beautiful, the book. Mm -hmm. You're beautiful, the person. The song, I can't wait to hear it. Literally, as I was reading, I'm like, I wonder yes! what tune, what tune would this go to? And so now I will oh, sing. Oh, nobody with sings Lovely. it like Ellie Holcomb. Oh, so. She's oh. adorable. She's, she's so adorable. great. Whoa. Wonderful, wonderful. And Actually, full circle. Yeah. Um, read, her song,
1: Red Sea Road. Yeah. Uh, which I tell the story in my book, Waymaker, really came out of one of my blog posts. And she sang it in real time to me when I was on our first appointment for our home study adopting Shiloh. And so that song went to Shiloh in China when she, when she wasn't even a year old, way before it was recorded. We have the video of Shiloh listening to Red Sea Road. And then for Ellie and I to be on a Zoom call working on the song for your brave song and Shiloh's a wave to Ellie. Mm. Ellie and I just
0: mm. cried and cried and cried. Only God writes stories like this. He does. He's like in the details and ways. He is. He is the one who's
1: collecting, connecting all the ways and ways that we don't even see. I will trust the Waymaker.
0: No, there is a book called Red Sea Rules, which I shared with people when I was going through a really hard season with all of the things. A friend brought it to my doorstep, and it was a copy that this friend had been handed when she was in the hospital. And it it had been handed from person to person to person because it's about when you're up against. The mountains and the armies coming or the river you're up against the sea. I'm sorry, not the mountains. And the and the armies coming, and there's no apparent way out that God makes a way is the book. And yes. so it's these rules, and it like <laughs> was my thing. I clung to every day when I was in the yes. hospital with my dad and with my mom and grief. And then I got to talk to Ellie about her song, like that winter right after anyway Oh beautiful
1: see how god's connecting all does of it. the stories he yes. does it Yes, he
0: does it if he you does. look and if you have eyes his, eyes to see to the see. unseen yeah yes priorities on unseen
1: and to trust that all of his ways are really working out a way that is loving kind it's it is a way that will lead us closer into his heart that that reminds us again that we are loved and that we belong in him. We're strong. That brave song that, that is the brave song that can echo in our heart actually comes the
0: closer we get to his heart. I mean, I could just listen to you talk mm. all the Oh, long it's so good to connect with you, Heather. I have loved this so much. Oh, Made my Christmas. You Made my thank Christmas. you, Lord. Thank you. Lord. I mean, just fun thank to you see you Lord. again. And I will connect everyone with your site and oh. boss camp and. All the things and little the book, loaves all and in fishes, the links, all in the links. But thank you so much, and no. it was so good to see you. I'm so grateful that we don't have to mom alone. Thank you, Heather. Don't do it. Don't do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Gotta go with
0: you, my friend. Oh, thank you so much, man. Isn't Anne fantastic? I had such a good time chatting with her and everything she's talking about is super, super helpful for us as moms. I wanted to share um, a story from my week last week, something that I haven't posted on the Instas or shared anywhere else. I started my week with that mishap of not uploading the right file. And then at dinner, I just had an interchange with my boys where everything's going great. We're all laughing at the dinner table. It's rare that we all six get together around the table. And Um, one of my boys was excited about something he learned in Bible. And I was so excited because here is my values, connection, faith. Here's my son excited about something he learned in Bible. And so I run and grab the Bible recap book and I'm starting to read out of it for the section of the Bible he was talking about. And in doing so, it shut my son down and he stopped sharing and he actually wasn't really happy that I did that and how I handled that. And instead of, which my husband pointed out, he's like, oh, it was just a miscommunication, it's just a mistake. All of a sudden I went into a major shame cycle. Now that shame may have started with my mistake early in the day, but it just, I don't know if y'all have experienced that. It's not just I did something wrong, it is I am wrong, what is wrong with me, that I didn't read those cues right, that I made this decision, that I disrupted these things that I desire for our family. And man, I'm telling you what, y'all, it was hard. I was rough. I um, it was one of those I want to give up on parenting moments. You know where you get there, you're like, how did I get there? It sounds weird to say out loud. The next morning, I realized, you know what? Uh, Monday, I did not start with time in God's word or with Jesus. I just started my day, and so the next day, I decided to pull out my Write the Word journal and spend some time not just writing out scripture and journaling but really sitting and listening to God and I just I knew that if I leaned into what he thinks about me that he would speak words of life and encouragement and so I just I just asked him you know what do you think and of course I hear beloved and child and known and then I hear cared for and cared for kept repeating and man, did I have a moment with Jesus where I just realized how often I am believing a lie that I need to care for myself and that I need to help others to be cared for and that I can't trust his provision for me. I can't trust his provision for my kids. And this anxious, controlling thing comes out of me. And so it was just really healing to lean into that phrase, cared for. Um, And so I just encourage you. Like Anne said, there's an unseen world happening. There's an intersection of the secular and the sacred happening all the time. Like there's no separation between the two. And so make time to sit with Jesus. Make time to ask him what he believes about you and see what comes to your mind. And just heal whatever lies you're believing. So I'm going to pray over us. I hope um, sharing that story was an encouragement to you. And if you felt similar things that um, you know that there is healing available. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you for Anne. I thank you for how she points us always back to you, God. And I really desire to do the same for everyone listening that there is no perfect way to do this parenting thing, but there's only a surrender and a posture. And it's not just believing that you exist. It's believing that you are God. And I pray that whatever it is that we're trying to be God in our kids' lives or in our own lives, that we would surrender those things to you, that we would hand them over to you, that we would trust with faith that you will care for us, that you are a God who provides. And even if it doesn't look pretty, and even if it's hard right now, and even if we don't see the finished product, that we can trust that you are never sleeping you never slumber. You never leave us, that we are safe in you, Christ, that we find our security and our worth in you, that we're surrounded by you, that you are a shield, that you are fighting for justice where we don't see justice, and that we can join you in that if you invite us into that, but that we can trust ultimately your care and provision. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thanks y'all for joining me please make sure you get my emails because I don't know how to connect with you guys. Otherwise, social media is not reliable. If I had, you know, whatever, 5,000 people following me on social media, maybe 100 would see my posts. So if you really love this show, I would love to connect with you via email. And I know nobody wants to get more emails, but I don't know how else to connect with you. So go to holaheather.com. Find me there. Uh, every Tuesday, I'll send you a little message and. You know, sometimes people email me back afterwards and I'm emailing you. It's not, I don't have someone emailing you, it's me. So um, I hope I get to connect with you there and I will see you back here next week. We're gonna talk about intense and sensitive kids. All right, adios, bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to DontMomAlone.com.